What is up, everybody, and welcome to episode four, I believe, four or five, who cares anymore? Welcome back to another episode of The Grind Side with your host, Kuda C, and my co-host, Chase Oliver. What is going on, Chase? Kuda, we are here having the time of our lives, as you see on the picture on our screen. We're here, sports fan entertainment. Jesus Christ. For people that don't know that, you'll probably get the reference when we mention in the in our week one recap. But before we get to that, please make sure to visit sportsfanentertainment.com. Yes, the website that does give us this opportunity to speak about football. Uh, we review every sports in between, and we have the best sports writers in the business. So please make sure to check us out there. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're basically everywhere. You cannot miss us. Also, don't forget to visit us on the Patreon. If you want more cool stuff at the hands of this website, then please donate your money, and we will continue providing you the best in the business by sports fans for sports fans. NFL's back week one, and I got to tell you, Chase, there was a lot of boring games this week. I got to tell you, um, not a lot of big games, but we will start off with the Thursday night kickoff. It was the New England Patriots. At the Kansas City Chiefs. And man, what a weird turn of events. The Kansas City Chiefs, they absolutely destroyed the New England Patriots. And this isn't even over-exaggeration. They destroyed them. Alex Smith was out there looking like Joe Montana. This guy was hanging almost 400 yards on him. Um, He threw four touchdowns. 148 QBR. Man, what a what a weird turn of events. This was supposed to be the revenge game for the Patriots. I mean, they're just coming off the biggest Super Bowl comeback in history. Um, Roger Goodell was in the city, so they had Operation Clownface going on at the hands of Barstool Sports. For people that didn't notice the, tur- the turquoise towels waving in the stadium, yes, it had a clown face of Roger Goodell on it. And that was basically supposed to be a slap in the face of Goodell for for um, Deflategate. But no... The Patriots did not respond well at all. Tom Brady did not look good. Um, he um, he was just missing a lot of wide open receivers. Uh, Gronk did not look good, dropping a lot of passes. It was just not a good night overall for the Patriots. One thing I did want to acknowledge, Kareem Hunt. Man, what a turnaround he had. Uh, first carry of the game, he fumbled, and we just thought, oh, man, first carry for a rookie. You think they lost trust in him? No. Andy Reid continued giving Kareem the ball, and he responded well. 17 carries, 148 yards, and a touchdown. I got to tell you, the Chiefs are really good in finding good quarterbacks. I mean, they got um Priest Holmes, they got Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles, and now I feel like they found another franchise running back in Kareem Hunt. So, shout out to the running back scouts for Kansas City because they do not fail to replace um, running backs down in that city. And I feel like, I've got to be honest, I wasn't that high on the Chiefs going into the season, but after seeing this game, I feel like everything's high on them. I feel like Alex Smith does not want his job taken away by another light-skinned QB because they did spend that first-round pick on Patrick Holmes, so... Hope, I think Alex Smith is maybe balling out to stay in Kansas City or maybe balling out to hopefully go to a better team or sign a better contract. But, Chase, what were your thoughts on this game? Uh, first off, the Patriots looked like the Patriots like from the beginning portion of the game up until the second half, like near the end of the second quarter. Then the Patriots looked kind of mortal and human. And it was kind of weird to see that, especially in Foxborough. Uh, once again, the Patriots running back situation is a mess. Uh, Mike Lissley was wonderful 
in, like in the on the one yard line. But other three than touchdowns. That, he did pretty good. But yeah. other than that, it wasn't it wasn't anything noteworthy. Yeah, it wasn't anything noteworthy. Um, Danny Amendola, obviously, you know, pretty much was kind of played the Julian Edelman role the best way that he could. Brandon Cooks only, I believe, had like two targets thrown at him, and he only had one deep ball. I was I was surprised that they didn't try to do that more often. I'm surprised they didn't use Gronk a lot. Like I thought Gronk would be abused in this game, but Gronk did not was was not used that much. Uh, this Kansas City defense is lethal. Obviously, Cody, you did not talk about Kansas City losing though. Oh yeah, Eric Berry being out. That was a, yeah, that was a big loss for them. He's out for the entire season. That was a big yeah, blow for Kansas City. That's a huge loss, but yeah, you know, you, you summed up everything on offense. Pretty much, Alex Smith looking surgical and dominant as a quarterback, like. The best, and like Chris Collinsworth said, this is the best we've seen Alex Smith after he threw that touchdown pass to Kareem Hunt. Like you've never seen Alex Smith this good. He he was just absolutely phenomenal. One of the best players you could see from a week. One of the best quarterbacks that you saw play this week. In my personal opinion, uh, like I said, I've always been high on the Chiefs. I think the AFC West is the best division in the AFC. And honestly, you can make the argument in football because I think all four of those teams can contend for the playoffs. And we'll talk about that when we get to the other teams. But, yeah, man, the Chiefs, they answered really, really strong. And especially against the Super Bowl defending champs after coming off a huge Super Bowl victory, looking to show off to Roger Goodell. You know, the Chiefs came to Foxborough and they conquered in Foxborough. And that that's what's impressive to me. Because if this was an arrowhead, okay, we can give it a little slack here. Come on, the Patriots are traveling. It's kind of unfair that the Super Bowl champs have to travel to Arrowhead Stadium, one of the harder places to play in the NFL. But man, they went to Foxborough and they dominated the Patriots. That that's just impressive to me. This Kansas City defense, we'll have to see how they do without Eric Berry. We'll have to see how Alex Smith keeps playing. We'll have to see how Kareem Hunt's still playing. But honestly, they looked really good, and you can't take anything away from them this week. They they were great. You and can't take away anything from them, definitely. But everybody freaking out on the Patriots right now. This is basically something that we've seen before. It's like week one, the Patriots lose. Oh man, is this the year that this finally gonna happen? No, it's not. It's we've seen this before. The Patriots are obviously gonna, obviously gonna be bounced back from this. I feel like that this takes off the pressure of them going sixteen and zero because that's what a lot of people were assuming that was gonna happen this season. I do not know why they they had them going sixteen zero. First of all. You're facing the AFC West this year. You're facing the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chargers. What makes you think when you look at those teams that you could beat all four of those teams? Okay, maybe the Chargers are a little bit of a question mark, but, like, the Broncos always give the Patriots a hard time. And then not only that, the freaking um, Raiders are one of the teams that you think are going to dethrone the Patriots this year. And then you look at the AFC East, we all know the Patriots have to love to have that one game against Buffalo where they suck. Okay, it's just it's just kind of natural. It's like kind of like how the Steelers have that one game where they always just like blow the lead against a lesser competition team. That's how the Patriots are with Buffalo for whatever reason. So I don't know why people thought sixteen and zero. I never had the Patriots sixteen and zero. Like the best I had their record was thirteen and three. Yeah, like they definitely were going sixteen and zero, but. They, I still have them winning the AFC West. There's nothing to worry about. I mean, the other three teams are just beating each other for slim pickings at this point. Nobody should be worried about the Dolphins, Bills, or Jets at all this season. So the Patriots will be cruising to the playoffs. So I don't know why people... Also, Dante Hightower suffered uh, 
minor injury. He's, he's day-to-day. Yeah, speaking about the injury bugs, man, oh, man, did my fantasy team take a bump this this year. I got got with the fancy bug. Now, let me just let people know. I do I do not have David Johnson. I'm not talking about that. I'll get to that in a second. But, Jesus. I mean, I lost Kevin White f- for the whole year. I lost, uh, what's his face? Allen Robinson from the Jaguars for the whole year. I just got defeated. The best receiver I have right now is Martavis Bryant. I mean, Chase, how are you doing in fancy right now? Uh, I, in one league, I do have David Johnson. I took the risk. I, I went all running backs. I went David Johnson, Melly Gordon, and then I man, and instead of taking Jordan Howard, I took Zeke. And uh, yeah, so uh, I still have Zeke and Melvin Gordon. That's fine, but still, I'm I'm pretty sad. I know, but I'm really sad. I didn't, I didn't really get ranked with injuries on a lot of teams. I didn't get ranked with a lot of injuries, like you know, ravage, p- pillage, whatever you want to say. I, I didn't get really hit that hard with the injury bug, like. I, I still have, like, a good team. I just have a bunch of depth. Like, that's just pretty much all my teams in fantasy, like, a bunch of depth. I don't know, but it was a shame what happened to David Johnson going into one of the games from Sunday, the Detroit Lions versus the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Detroit, first offensive drive of the game. It was a pick six at the hands of the $135 million man, Matthew Stafford. I feel like he's got a chip on his shoulder this season now. They got paid the big money. Everyone's expecting him to play like an elite quarterback since elite quarterbacks should be only paid that amount. And I feel like he bounced back from this. Uh, Detroit answered Detroit answered by scoring, I believe it was 20 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Matt Stafford finished the game with four touchdowns, almost 300, almost 300 yards. And the defense, they played very well all four quarters. It was the only reason that Detroit had a chance in this game. If it weren't for the defense, I believe the Cardinals would have blown the Lions out easily. But Carson Palmer, he's returned to Carson Palmer status. Uh, one touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, boy, oh boy, did the Cardinals did not look good in this game. Um, Chase, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, they, the Cardinals could not get off the gas pedal. Like, in the beginning, the Lions looked like the 2007 Detroit Lions, like in the beginning of this game. And I, I gotta tell you, I was very worried. I was, I was in the, I was in the office with Rod Wood. I was, we were resurrecting my fandom contract. It looked like I was gonna buy out by halftime, but Stafford started balling out. So I was like, you know what? Let me wait till the end of the season before I resign with you guys. Yeah, yeah, no, the Lions, man, like they looked so bad in the beginning, and you know the Cardinals, like they were, they had like, all, like I believe what. 19 points or 12, 12 points 12 points and like they didn't do anything they only had like 20 yards of total offense and then all of a sudden that second half came and uh kenny galdaway realized he had hands and stuff like that and man dude the lions look good um yeah they look scary and that, this is what the detroit lions can do when detroit lions are on man that offense can make it go the defense still a lot of question marks like that defense just has too many question marks and stuff like that but, man, dude, they, they did something to trick Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, dude, that's no good, man. And, and you can really tell Bruce Arians is pissed that he didn't get, like, Patrick Mahomes or um, a Deshaun Watson because we all know Arians was trying to move up in the draft class to get a, to draft a young quarterback, um, and he just couldn't because he didn't have the uh, artillery to move up in the draft. But, man, dude, Carson Palmer looked bad, and, that's not a good sign for Cardinals fans, and especially losing David Johnson, who, you know, Sports Illustrated, they made a magazine cover for him to start the season. Who's All 31 teams are trying to stop one man, and that's David Johnson, uh, baby beast mode. And, man, baby beast is out. 
or two months. You have to hope Chris Johnson and Andre Ellington and whoever else you have back there is just as good because, man, you can't replace a special talent like that. That's just hard to do, you know? Yeah, it was bad. And speaking of bad, the Houston Texans, oh my goodness. It cannot get any worse than that. I mean, going into the Houston and Jacksonville game, there was a lot of weight on Houston's shoulders. I mean, all the stuff that was going on, the shit with the Hurricane Harvey and all that, um, J.J. Watt putting the city on his back. I mean, I'm one person that doesn't like J.J. Watt personally. I just feel like he posts a lot of goofy stuff on Twitter. But him rallying for Houston, that was one of the that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like his um his uh charity or whatever he was doing, it was only supposed to his his goal was only two hundred thousand. He ended up making thirty million for the city of Houston. I thought that was amazing. So I thought, man. The Texans are going into this game really strong. All of all of America is rooting for them to destroy this team in the in the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they just came out and looked terrible. I mean, they lost twenty nine to six, and you just gotta think, man, Houston. They still got that amazing defense. Why can't they get the job done? And then you just think, oh wait, because Bill O'Brien refuses to to have a decent quarterback under center. You're not going to win games if Tom Savage is your starter. And this is no disrespect to Tom Savage at all. He could be the nicest guy in the world. I know the guy loves Houston with all his might. But he is not somebody that should be starting for an NFL team that is looking to make the playoffs. Point blank period. I mean, he was benched by halftime. And now with that decision made, they cannot... They cannot um, start him again. They got to start Deshaun Watson. It's plain and simple. If you bench Savage by halftime in the in the first game of the season, there's no going back. You're stuck with Deshaun Watson for the rest of the season, and that's not a bad thing. I feel I felt like Deshaun should have been starting from the get-go. Yes, he had a terrible preseason, but Tom Savage isn't going to make things any better. And just pointing some highlights in this game. Leonard Fournette had 26 uh, carries for 100 yards, so he looked decent for Jacksonville, or should I say Saxonville, because Jesus Christ, the offensive line cannot stop Jacksonville. Um, their new uh, defensive end, Clyde Campbell, had a franchise record three and a half sacks. I mean, they're just having a field day against Jacksonville. Yeah, Campbell, Malik Jackson, Dante Fowler came alive too. Like, well, Malik Jackson didn't get fat sacked, but I'm just saying, like, Malik Jackson looked fucking. Like the Denver Malik Jackson, not like, oh, I just got paid all this money, Malik Jackson. Like, he looked good. Dante Fowler actually looked like not a bust. Like, dude, yeah, they were Saxonville for a reason, man. <laughs> yeah, and then you just kind of remember, oh, wait, Jacksonville's going through some shit, too. I mean, uh, Hurricane Irma just hit Florida, so Jacksonville's playing for a city as well. So maybe um, they just cared about their country more. Who knows? Maybe Houston just doesn't like America. That's why they didn't show up for this game. But um, one, well, what they aren't America's team. But you know, the JJ Watt thing that was like such an emotional, cool thing. It was like, man, dude, what a great scenery, dude. That's like an yeah, like you saw the yeah, you saw the beginning where he just comes out waving the Texas flag, getting the yeah. crowd. The crowd was losing their mind. I thought there's no way Houston's losing that, that, this game. That was as crazy as like after 9/11, Sammy Sosa uh, freaking goes and he. Uh, waves the American flag all around the freaking baseball arena and stuff like that. And the fans were going fucking crazy. That that's how it was with JJ Watt, man. Like, dude, that was like some emotional. I feel like, to to be honest, the Texans came in with too much emotion. But it was just weird how good Jackson, like, 
I'm sorry. It was so weird. Like, Jacksonville, all this crap about them in the preseason and stuff like that. And, and they, they just look good, you know? Like, they looked really good in this game. And, you know, I'm not going to judge. Like, Blake Bortles still is one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. Definitely. The immortal Bortles. Yeah, but still, like, he looked good this game. And we've got to give him props. But, yeah, you know, Jacksonville looked good. And they looked like a young team that's looking to keep on improving. So, that's that's a good sign. Um. Uh, yeah, one bad one bad sign to notice is, uh, of course, they lost Allen Robinson for the whole year. I just want to make this point. Um, Allen Robinson was laying on the ground after, like, he broke his knee or whatever. And what does Blake Bortles do? He walks over and slaps Robinson right on the bad knee. So, shout out to Blake Bortles for being... <laughs> shout out to Blake Bortles for fixing the situation by tapping his injured players where his injury happened. That was, that was a great moment. The injury would have, would have happened if he just kept the ball in bounds, man. Damn. <laughs> No, but speaking of bad... Just keep the ball in bounds, damn! That, that was such a great video. That's one of the funniest... I don't care what anyone says. That's one of the funniest football clips. Even if you don't get it, dude. It's just... like I quote that a lot. Like, just keep the ball in bounds. Damn, man! That was like the biggest release of frustration I've ever seen in somebody. It's just like... I've spent all summer dealing with this. Like, I can't take this no more. No, but, um... Moving God, on... Damn, man! <laughs> but moving on to bad things, we move over to the Ravens uh, at the Cincinnati Bengals, or I don't know where it was, but just know that the Ravens yeah. basically shut out the, the Bengals. The fans were booing, man. Oh, oh yeah. Booing. They had a reason to boo. The bang- the Ravens shut out the Bengals 20 to nothing. Andy Dalton, oh my goodness. What happened to him? Five turnovers, four interceptions, uh, one fumbled one fumbled play, no touchdown, 16 for 31, 170 yards. What the hell happened to Dalton in this game? It's not even like the Ravens played good. It's just Dalton played that bad that he held his team back. And I'm not even knocking Ra- I'm not even knocking the Ravens for this. It's just like they weren't even that impressive to me on offense. Like Joe Flacco was only like nine for 17, 121 yards, a touchdown interception. Um, Terrence West he played fine, 80 yards on 19 carries, but it's just like. The Ravens weren't even, like, destroying them. It's just, like, Andy Dalton was that bad. Like, I wasn't paying attention to this game a lot. Was A.J. Green hurt? Is he healthy? No, A.J. Green was healthy. Yeah, like, he had a healthy squad around him, so I don't understand, like, what was going on with Andy Dalton. It was it was honestly one of the weirdest games I've seen from Andy Dalton. What I saw was Andy Dalton, he just, for whatever reason, he just wasn't comfortable playing, and normally Andy Dalton doesn't take the risks that he did in this game. Like, there's a lot of balls where I was just seeing him and he would just let it float out there and give it to the Ravens. And, like, you know, Andy Dalton's always kind of had, like, a fumbling issue. So, like, that one, I wasn't surprised, that turnover. But, man, like, those four interceptions, that's not Dalton. That's not, like, the ginger ginger ninja that I know. That's the Red Rifle. Defenses. No, it's not at all. So, um, hopefully Dalton bounce, bounces back from this or, um, the Bengals can kiss their playoff opportunities goodbye. Uh, af- another afternoon game that we want to pinpoint is the Oakland Raiders at the Tennessee Titans. Oakland defeats 26. Uh, Oakland defeated the Titans 26-16. Uh, to 16. This game was very... This game was a highlight because of the return of Beast Mode. Marshawn Lynch, everyone was wondering how he was going to do in his first game back. Uh, he, he did fine. 18 carries for 76 yards. The thing that I liked about um, seeing 
Marshawn back the most is like he was the third down running back that um the Raiders desperately needed last season like Latavius Murray he could not get it done when the Raiders needed um that big run on third down and it just felt like Marshawn he just did all the little things that mattered like all the stiff arms I want to mention this one play where um he stiff armed um Titans uh defensive lineman Jarrell Casey this he's a big dude like 6'3 like 6'3 almost 300 pounds and Marshawn basically told this guy to sit like it was phenomenal the Titans uh, I don't know MJ might might correct us but to my knowledge he's the best defensive player on the Titans yeah, yeah, no doubt. The perennial Pro Bowl player. He was. He, I think he is the best player on Titans. But man, that was just a sight to see. Marshawn looked pretty good in his uh, in his first game back, and he looks really happy to be in, in Oakland. Like again, that was his favorite team growing up. That to see. So hopefully he plays out of his mind. Derek Carr looks sharp too, coming back from injury. Uh, twenty two for uh for thirty two, two hundred sixty two yards, two touchdowns. He looked pretty sharp. It's not even knocking that the times were bad. It's just that Oakland was the better team um, this week. And it was a big win for Oakland, too, to win the way that they did against the Titans team that a lot of people also have. Like, you know, the o- Oakland are considered the contenders with New England. Like, people are putting Oakland in that category. Whether you agree with them or not, they are. Oakland's in the category with the Steelers and the Patriots, of uh, the three teams that could represent the AFC. But the Titans, they're on the category of we're knocking down the door and we could be a team that could represent the AFC and shock some heads. You know, the, the, like the teams that we're talking about here, Oakland, Pittsburgh, New England, and the Titans, these are teams that are that people are choosing to win their division. And the Titans are definitely one of those teams that people are thinking could win their division. Oh yeah, definitely. If, if Houston keeps up this terrible QB play, I, I think I got to write them out. And the Colts without Andrew Luck, they have no chance at all. So it's either it's either Tennessee. It the Rams look like the greatest team ever. They may look like the greatest show on turf returned. Yeah, and stuff like that. They made the LA fan base have some hope for once. Uh, but yeah, you know the Titans—they're definitely a team on the cusp of you know making the playoffs. And if they—they're one of those teams that they make the playoffs, and you have some money and you want to make a crazy bet that they go to the Super Bowl and win it, you wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they have two really good running backs. They have a nice young quarterback that's mobile, and Marcus. Mariota, who has winning experience under his belt, you know, you have a lot of really good players on that team, and stuff like that. You know, Corey Davis looked really good in his debut, I thought. Uh, Amari Cooper dropped a couple balls. Like, I was surprised. Uh, Being an Alabama fan, my boy Coop, you know, he's not known for dropping, so it was weird seeing Cooper drop these balls. But, Yeah. yeah, you know, the Titans... They looked fine. I feel like they need to go back a little bit. I think Mike Malarkey needs to trust the running game a little bit more. I felt that's what led them to a lot of success last year. And and just trusting DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray is a really good running back. And I feel like I get it, Derrick Henry. You want to kind of let that beast explode. But I feel like just trusting Murray a little bit more because a lot more of their wins last year came when Murray was running the football very, very well. And I think that helps out Mariota a lot too, uh, to be honest. So, Honestly, the Titans, they look fun. Yeah, like, people people forget at times that um, before Jordan Howard went on that big tear, uh, Murray was the one that was second to Zeke in rushing yards. Yeah. Yeah, Murray was second in the league in rushing before Jordan Howard exploded uh, on planet Earth. But, yeah, that's the thing with uh, DeMarco Murray. Um, I will, I'll say I just feel like that, you know, the Titans should just trust in him a little bit more and let DeMarco Murray run the Brock 
a little bit more. I think it would help out Mariota. But, you know, the Ravens, they took care of uh, – not the Ravens, I mean, I mean the Raiders. They took care of business. The Raiders took care of business, and they showed why they're one of the top three teams in the AFC and one of the elite teams in the NFL because, you know, they could have easily came out there, man, and let the Titans shock them and have the Titans become the new hot team, that hot young team that everyone's talking about. But the Raiders, they showed that they're – you know, because this is a good Tennessee team. I don't care what anyone says. They're a good Tennessee team. The Raiders came in and they took care of business, and that's what you need to see out of a team, especially when you're trying to put this team on the same level as New England, you know, being the second-best team in the AFC, if not the third-best team. Man, dude, you got to have some big wins, and this was a huge win, especially week one. Uh, they looked like one of the better football teams out there, so watch out, man. Oakland's going to be scary. Yeah, and also, I, I don't know. That's just for me, but watch out. Yeah, and I don't know if it was this game, but um, shout out to Tony Romo, uh, commentated his first official. Yes. Was it this game? Yes, it was this game because he kept on saying, "And Mar's gonna run to the left," because like he knows when the Mar- uh, Marshawn, Marshawn, he knew Marshawn was gonna run to the left, and he knew when. Like I don't know, he knew all the Raiders play calls for whatever reason. He knew. Yeah, Tony just like spent the entire game spoiling the entire game for us. Yeah, and then I, God, I always forget the. The Titans defensive coordinator. He's very well known. I always forget his. Oh, uh, it's uh, Dick LeBeau. He just celebrated his 80th birthday. When Dick LeBeau was going to blitz, he's like, "Ah, blitz!" Oh yeah. So uh, Tony Romo, um, good job in the commenting booth. Just, uh, just keep it low on the spoilers, will you? Uh, we just we don't want to know what's coming next. But um, speaking of which, uh, moving on to the divisional rival games. First off, we got the we got the Cleveland Browns. Uh, opening at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They almost came and won this game, the Browns. Uh, the Steelers ended up winning 21-18. and It didn't look good in the beginning. The Browns um, got a blocked punt. Or I should say the Steelers got a blocked punt on the Browns. I'm sorry. But um, ever since then, they bounced back. Deshaun Kaiser, he looked really sharp in this game. I gotta say. 20-30, uh, for 30, 222 yards, two touchdowns. One of them was rushing, only one turnover. He looked really sharp in this game. Made some good plays. He had some good film in this. Um, I don't, the future's looking bright for Cleveland. Of course, they didn't win the game, but there was a lot of highs coming out of this game. The defense looked good. Deshaun Kaiser looked really good. Um, on the Steelers' side, not a lot of explosive plays from the offense. You know, Le'Veon Bell, he didn't do a lot. Ben Roethlisberger, he didn't do that much. Um, Antonio Brown, he had some good stats. Um, I believe he had a, about 10 receptions, 180 yards, something like that. He had a touchdown. Yeah, he, did, he had a lot of yards. But, uh, just want to highlight, um, uh, what's up? For AB, that was literally the Steelers' offense when I was watching this game. It was like, look for AB, like wave you on Bell, dude. This shit, he he showed, man, he's not some athletic freak because he missed a lot of time, and that's what happens when you miss a lot of time. And like I said, he proved he's not some athletic freak. Like everyone likes to say, oh, he's some athletic freak. No, an athletic freak would would be able to burst through those holes and act like nothing happened after missing all the time. This guy, he looked bad. I'm just gonna be honest, he looked absolutely terrible. Yeah, he, he didn't look too good. Um, 10 carries for 32 yards. Hopefully, he brings up from there. Um, one defensive player I want to pinpoint, J.J. Watt's little brother, T.J. Watt. He looked really good in this game. He looked really good. Two sacks, uh, one tu- um, one um, interception. It was it was a good showing out for T.J. Watt, who uh, got the starting job over James Harrison. Uh, what do you got to say about T.J., Chase? Yeah, no, he looked, he looked pretty dang good. Like, I knew that. I knew T.J. Watt was going to be a steal for the Steelers because, like, the Steelers always draft these guys that are going to be steals, and he, he was a good steal. Like, I knew this guy would be a really good player at the at the national football level. Uh, he was one of my favorite pass rushers 
next to uh, Taco Char- Charlton of the Cowboys and uh, Derek Barnett of the Eagles. Like those are my f- my three favorite pass rushers. Uh, like just like just based on pass rushing skills, like getting to the quarterback. Like not overall, like can they stop the run? Like overall, best defensive lineman in this draft class was obviously Jonathan Allen of the Redskins. But when I was just talking about pure pass rushers, like your job, get to the quarterback and take that dude down. Uh, T.J. Watt was number three on my list, and he's really good. He's really showing up. Um, but then again, and especially he's not facing bum competition. That's one of the better offensive lines in the NFL in the Cleveland Browns, you know, facing off against a good offensive line. So he looked really good. Kaiser looked really good. Um, we didn't get to see Miles Garrett, obviously, in this game. No, it was pretty quiet from uh, Garrett and Jabril Peppers, the other first-rounders. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. But um, Peppers was pretty quiet in that game as well. Only had, like, four tackles, but um, hopefully he does better in the next game. Did he even return? I thought he was the return specialist, too. He didn't return that much, huh? Yeah, he was a returner. Um, He only returned three times. It was only, like, 34 yards for all of them combined. Yeah, he was quiet, but I I think uh, Jabril Peppers is still going to do well for them. And David Njoku also looked pretty nice, too. Yeah, like, Cleveland Cleveland fans should come out of this game, like, they should come out uh, as if uh, nowhere to go but up. Like, obviously, playoffs are out of the picture for this season. You never know. But it was a lot of good showcasing from the rookies from this game. And next week, they have a divisional game against the Ravens. So hopefully, they continue uh, prospering from the younger talent. But um, moving on to our next divisional game that we want to highlight, the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Washington Redskins in Washington. This was a very sloppy game in my opinion, don't you think? 100%. Like minus like the first quarter where the Eagles looked really, really crisp and really good and made me want to change my mind that they're the best team in the NFC East. The, the second quarter, the third quarter, the fourth quarter, oh, disgusting, man. Like, like, even, like, Eagles fans can't be proud of, like, like, if the Eagles could play like they did in the first quarter, oh, man, dude, like, watch out. But then other than that, man, dude, they let the Redskins come back in this game and have a chance, and obviously, they're terrible. Kirk Cousins looked terrible, dude. Like, oh, He really God. did. I, like, no, I don't like that. I don't like that whatsoever, Kirk Cousins. That was just, ooh, doo-doo. Like, I don't know where he was throwing to half the time, man. Like, it, 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 like literally, he looked like just throwing the ball to the opposition half the time, man. Like, he just didn't look good whatsoever, Kirk Cousins. The Redskins defense, I, I thought this would be one of the better front sevens in the NFL. They did not show that to me whatsoever. Uh, Carson Wentz, dude, he, he, it's sad that the Colts were playing the Rams because Jared Goof looked really good. Man, dude. Imagine if, like, the Colts, the Rams played a good team, like the Seahawks, and Jared Goof threw, like, three interceptions, and you saw Wentz with that one play where he, like, dodged, like, two sacks and then threw a touchdown bomb to Nelson Aguilar. That, look, that looked like shades of, that was shades of Brett Favre right there. That was a really yeah, good play. some Brett Favre type of stuff right there, man. And then, like, throwing that bomb to Nelson Aguilar, who found his hands. I was really, I was really impressed with Aguilar this game. Like he really looked like a number one receiver this game. So hopefully he goes nowhere but up. But I was really disappointed in the Redskins. I mean, the leading rusher for the game was Kirk Cousins. That's a big no-no right there. Uh, what happened to running the ball like the Redskins have, like the Redskins been doing last season? Nobody knows. Um, 
Terrell Pryor Sr. disappointed me as well. Uh, he had six receptions for 66 yards, and he was targeted 11 times. He really needs to step up if he wants that receiver money that he wanted, that big-time receiver money that he wanted in the offseason. No? Oh, yeah, no, he, ha- he, has to. he has to be a true number one because that's that's why the Redskins brought him in. They said, like, hey, Kirk Cousins, you want a big-time number one wide receiver? Here's Terrell Pryor. This guy, look at what he did for Cleveland. This guy right here, he's going to do so much great stuff for you. He's a big-body target, someone that you would like throwing to. And, you know, he, he got open sometimes, but this is what happens when he faces top corners, man. He just disappears. That's why I said with Terrell Pryor and the fantasy team, you don't want to ke- pick him up because against top cornerbacks, he doesn't really have good games. All right, now moving on to the last afternoon highlight that we're pinpointing is the Atlanta Falcons visiting the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. The Super Bowl losers barely escaped the Chicago Bears in a game that worried me a little bit. In the end, it was the Bears who had a chance to take this game to overtime at least or win against the Falcons, but they just could not get it done. A lot of drop passes. It looked really bad. Uh, Mike Lennon was captain check down in this game, 26 for 40, 213 yards, one touchdown. Um, the running backs, they did fine, I would say. Jordan Howard, only 13 carries for this game. Well, I was speaking more of uh, Jordan Howard's sake because he was the big one. You know, like, like it wasn't the best Jordan Howard game, but he still looked good. But Tarek Cohen, dude, man, I hope he, Chicago fans don't go crazy and think we should start Tarek Cohen because we shouldn't. No, dude, he's already gone in fantasy wires. That's all I gotta say about him. Oh uh, no, no, dude, because you you said like you said he's got the captain check down, picks up Mike Glennon's completions, twelve of them went to Tarek Cohen. Yeah, you're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. Um, Matt Ryan, he looked well in this game, but I just don't know what was going on with this game for the Falcons. I wasn't paying attention too much, but, um, I did see one play where Austin Hooper caught an 88-yard catch, and let me tell you, that was the slowest 88 yards I've ever seen in my life. I did not know what the Chicago Bears were doing. Pardon? I said, rest in peace, Adrian Amo. He tried to stop that man, and he got stiff on him. And I was like, Austin said, get off me, little man. Yeah, he got stiff on him badly. But um, coming out of this game, are you worried about the Falcons this season or no? A little bit because, man, dude, the Bears look like, first of all, I was more so, it sucked for the Bears because not only did they lost me, after losing Cameron Meredith, who you were hoping to have a big season from, you lose Kevin White once again, who you thought was you're going to get another big season from and Kevin White's looking like one of the most ultimate draft busts ever but you lose Darrell Freeman for the year as well which sucks because he was pretty much the Bears defensive leader not the best player on the Bears defense but the defensive leader nonetheless the emotional leader and stuff like that so it sucks but the Bears just look more hungrier like they look like they wanted to win more so I think the Chicago Bears I I think they're not going to be looking to tank and build around the draft. I think the Bears looking to win, man, because they looked really, really good. But yeah, man, the Falcons, they just kind of, I feel like they kind of look lost out there. I think I think they kind of do miss Kyle Shanahan a little bit because Julio wasn't getting a lot of attention. Like, I was just, I was noticing that Julio wasn't getting the ball as much as they should have and stuff like that. Like, not a lot of targets went towards Julio's way 
and they didn't really implement the slot receivers a lot, which led to a lot of success to them last year was when they used their slot receivers like Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel only got three receptions this game. So really, to be honest, I feel like Atlanta needs to kind of go back to what led them successful. I know they have Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator, and I know Sarkeesian pretty fucking well, being an Alabama fan. Last year, him and Lane Kiffin, I was screaming both of their idiotic names five million times. Hmm. Uh, Sarkeesian, he, he, he just kind of needs to go and use Julio a little bit more and kind of maybe steal some plays from Mr. Shanahan to get the Falcons comfortable again because really, they just kind of look, eh. And I, I feel like it's because it is a new offensive system and these are players that Sarkeesian did not really want. To be honest, like, you know, like, it's not like, it's, this is not Sarkeesian's team. You know, like, this was an offensive team built that Kyle Shanahan kind of worked on, you know, for the last few years that he was there with Atlanta, you know, when he arrived, like, two years ago. Like, he was able to implement a system with Matt Ryan that Matt Ryan learned in two to three years. And now you're training that system from Matt, for Matt Ryan, so that's kind of hard. So, you know, yeah. All right, David. Some more games we want to highlight. These are some afternoon games. First, we mentioned them before, but Jesus Christ, the L.A. Rams. I do not know what they did before the game. I think they took some of the spinach from Popeye's can, mixed it with some secret stuff from MJ from Space Jam, and they just made the ultimate weapon to become the greatest show on turf. I mean, Jared Goof, looked, Jared Goof, I would say, looked like an NFL quarterback. It was ridiculous. Um, I don't know if it was the influence of Sean McVay in his first game, but man, did the LA Rams show out. I don't know what I don't know what to come out of this game, of how strong the LA Rams looked or how terrible the Indianapolis Colts were. I think it was the latter. I mean, I'm surprised that Andrew Luck gets seven games out of the squad that he has because it's a terrible squad, in my honest opinion. The front office does nothing for Andrew Luck. They put him around the same crap every year. Um, and this is no disrespect, but like guys like T.Y. Hilton should not be a number one receiver. That is my honest opinion. Um, and just another thing, if you have Frank Gore as your as your lead running back, you're set up for failure right now. And this is not knock to Frank Gore. This is not knock to all these guys. But the Colts right now are in the worst position in the NFL. And I honestly believe that Andrew Luck should not play this season. They honestly should sit him out for the whole season because the reports say that he should be back by October, right? So what's the point of him coming back early if he doesn't even have a roster to work with? What's the point of risking another injury for him? Just get him 100% healthy and hopefully the front office can put some guys around him for next season. I mean, Scott Tolzien should not be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I looked the stat... This is ridiculous. You need to listen to this. So, Scott Tolzien is 30 years old. I did not know. It would, It was mind-boggling to me that this guy has been on an NFL roster since 2011. And looking up his stats, I believe that he only has, what, seven touchdowns to 13 interceptions. I need to double-check this. But you're telling me that Colin Kaepernick could not be a better backup than this guy. That is absolutely ludicrous. Or no, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. Hold up, it was—it's not even seven touchdowns. He has an—and he has a ratio of two touchdowns to nine interceptions, and he's been on an NFL roster since 2011 as somebody's backup. How is that even possible? You're telling me that Colin Kaepernick could not be a better backup than this guy, and the Colts traded, like you said, the Colts traded late for Jacoby Brissett to be their backup. That is absolute ludicrous to me. Like, why are teams taking a chance on Kaepernick? 
why wouldn't they force like eight plays or a couple plays in Brissette's head? And like I get it because like NFL playbook it's confusing. It's like a whole other language and stuff like that. But why wouldn't you try to like force shit in Brissette's head and then try to just force him out there and see what you got? You know. I have no idea what the Colts were even thinking about. I mean, did you see the post-game interview? Chuck Pagano didn't even know what team he was facing. He was like, man, the 49ers look good. Yeah, he said he got beat by 49ers. Like, this is this is something that Andrew Luck has to deal with on a, on a regular basis. I mean, honestly, give, put, give Andrew Luck an MVP vote every year because I feel bad for this guy, honestly. Like, at first I thought, man, this... I could I I can't believe this guy's not winning in the playoffs, and now I understand this guy has nobody. Like for Christ's sake, if you're telling me that um, and yeah, I see that people defend people that know um Scott Tolson defend like yeah, he's a smart guy, he knows plays. Yeah, I'm not knocking that, but he's not any. This isn't somebody that I rely on to be an NFL quarterback for my team. If you have a touchdown interception ratio of two to nine since 2011, this is somebody that I do not have trust in. And I'm sure that you agree with this, that Colin Kaepernick should be getting calls from Jim Mercer right now. Wait, what was that I can hear you? I said Jim Mercer, someone on the Colts organization, they need him, man, because they need a quarterback just till luck comes back. Yeah, and, and going back to the L.A. Rams, um, good job to Sean McVay for getting his first win as an NFL coach, the youngest coach in history, I believe. Jesus, did the LA Rams look good in this game? What do you say? What do you think about? But just one point. God damn that stadium! No, nobody gives a damn about the Rams in LA. I mean, USC and UCLA sell out more than the LA Rams are right now. God damn, I butchered that sentence much, but it's the goddamn truth. You UCLA runs that town right now, and USC. Oh well, yeah, man, they have two uh, pretty hot quarterbacks. Down at both of those programs. And, uh, oh, I'm asking you right now, who who are you taking, Darnold or Rosen? Oh, I don't know. After chosen Rosen's comeback on Texas A&M, I gotta go with chosen Rosen. I, I I'm I'm really high on chosen. Rosen's a douche compared to Darnold, but I gotta go with Rosen, man. Like, no, he's a douche, and I love it. I'm hearing stories about how this guy has a hot tub at his dorm. I was just calling out Alabama in his interviews. I'm a big fan on this guy. I'm I'm pretty high on Rosen. Hopefully he doesn't turn into another Manziel turnaround spot. Just being a Manziel, shout out to Johnny Manziel. Hopefully you're doing something. I haven't heard this guy in so long. Like, you think he's doing good right now? I don't know what he's doing. I think I think he's in. I think he's at Texas A&M, like going back to school from last I heard. Oh, man, well as long as he's doing something, uh, shout out Johnny Manziel. We miss you, man. But anyway, um, last afternoon game we want to pinpoint is the Seattle Seahawks visiting the Green Bay Packers. In Lambeau Field, this was a very, very defensive game. Uh, the Packers ended up taking it 17 to nine. Aaron Rodgers, he looked pretty solid in this game. 28 out of 42, 311 yards with one touchdown, one interception. He connected with a few bombs to Jordan Nelson in this game. Looked pretty good. Um, the running game, it was pretty. It wasn't that great. Like they're sticking with Ty Montgomery as their running back. Why? I don't know. Uh, he got 19 carries. He got stopped pretty badly. Uh, only 54 yards out of those. 
19 carries, one touchdown though, so there was a silver lining in that. The Seattle Seahawks, their offensive line is still terrible. Uh, Russell Wilson still running for his life in that back. I just don't know why they refuse to fix that. It's just like how Bill O'Brien refuses to sign a quarterback that's decent. Um, Feast mode looked terrible in this game again. I just don't know like what's going on with Eddie Lacy. Like he's been in the biggest funk I've ever seen a running back be in, and he hasn't even. Do you think he's peaked already? Yeah, he's definitely peaked. Uh, he's he, like his first two seasons were like the best we saw out of Feast Mode, and then he kind of just took the name Feast Mode and ran with it. Literally, yeah, he's peaked. Like he just looks, he just looks atrocious. To be honest, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look like he cares. But hey, man, he made his money. Yeah, he made his money. It's an absolute shame. Uh, Seattle has no running game right now. Thomas Rawls is out, so Russell Wilson was the leading rusher in this game, which was an absolute no-no to me as well. They didn't get any touchdowns in this game, only field goals from their new kicker, Blair Welsh. Um, should we be worried about the Seahawks? No, I don't think so, because if you look at the NFC West, who do they have as competition? The 49ers, they're still terrible. Uh, the Cardinals, they just lost their MVP in David Johnson, so I don't expect them doing much this season. And who else was it? What the fuck? Oh, yeah, the L.A. Rams, I believe it is. Yeah, don't worry about the L.A. Rams. So the Seahawks still pretty much got the NFC West on lock. a bunch of media members are choosing the Seahawks to go to the Super Bowl. It's like, yep, the media always talks about offensive lines. Like, did they not watch? uh, Did they they forget that Seattle has a bad offensive line? It's it's kind of weird that, like, the media was all like, yeah, I'm choosing Seattle this year for the Super Bowl. But yet they always talk about how Seattle has no offensive line. That's why Seattle was... Low on my like, you know, they're still one of the top teams in the NFL, but still, it was just like they have no offensive line. But Aaron Rodgers looked like the best quarterback in the league, and he's finally gotten over his fear of the Legion of Boom and everything like that. Because like for a while, it seemed like Rodgers was afraid to like throw at any LOB members. This game, he was throwing a, a lot at the LOB members, so that's good to know that Rodgers. I, I think I think this might be the last season we might see the Legion of Boom. To be honest with you, because if you remember in the off season, they were they were trying to get rid of Richard Sherman a couple times. So I feel yeah, like I think, I think Sherm definitely, especially if they don't win a Super Bowl, uh, he's definitely getting traded. I wouldn't be surprised because uh, you know Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas are kind of like the emotional leaders of that team. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. And also, Et talked about. Remember when he suffered an injury, he was like, oh, yeah, think about retiring. Yeah, he was, like, teasing retirement. So, like, I feel like this this might be the last season that we see the Legion of Boom. So, I don't know. It might be might be a blow-up for Seattle at the end of the season, but this is something we got to stay tuned for. Um, last game we want to take out from Sunday is the New York Giants visiting the Dallas Cowboys. I got to be honest with you, I was not invested in this game at all. It was really, really boring. I mean, by halftime, I switched on Madden. Like, that's how uninterested I was in the game at the point. I mean, it was interesting about this game because Odell Beckham Jr., he was out for the game. It was the same injury that he suffered in preseason. Again, shout out to preseason, something that NFL um, starters should not be playing in. But, yeah, he was out for this game. Another thing to take away from this game was Ezekiel Elliott. He was reinstated to play in this game, and he did pretty solid in it. 24 carries for 104 yards. Dak Prescott, he looked pretty solid in this game. And it just goes to show, Eli Manning looked really bad without Odell Beckham. And it was really surprising. I didn't expect that because he still had weapons in Brandon Marshall and um, Sterling Shepard. But, no, he just... Emar was... Oh, God, he was a ghost. Yeah, like... 
it was really surprising. Like it goes to show Eli cannot cannot cope without Odell Beckham, and it just goes to show that maybe the Giants are in trouble if the injuries continue to happen to Odell, or in the, in another case in the future, if Odell happens to go down again. Like you gotta worry. Like man, like is Eli even going to? Is Eli gonna go back to old shades of just thirty interceptions a season? You know. Eli looked bad, dude. Like, because there was always there was talks last, like this during the draft process, that maybe the Giants should look at one of the younger Q, the QBs in the draft class. Uh, but now it's definitely up there that maybe the Giants will look at a QB because, like, you know, Eli is a franchise guy. He's a two-time Super Bowl winner. You, you can't take that away from him. But man, dude, he was getting sacked. He he was being captain checked down this game with Shane Vereen. I don't even know. If Shane, I don't know if Shane Vereen got as much targets as Tarek Cohen, but I saw him at least eight times get the ball. Yeah, no, Eli, he just didn't look good, and that's concerning, man. If you're top end, elite quarterback, as people would say, Eli is. I don't know. Some people do. I don't think he is. Eh, I mean, like, but bad. yeah, but just don't. Just give him respect by playoff time because he's the scariest quarterback to oh, look yeah, out no, for. No, him and Joe Flacco are the greatest playoff quarterbacks of all time. I mean, Joe Flacco would be the scariest if he would get back to the playoffs one of these days. Yeah, man, he hasn't been in the playoffs in a while. Flacco for Flacco. Yeah, but moving on to our Monday night game, Saints versus Vikings. I'll be honest, I did not watch this game either. I was on my way home from school, and when I got home, I was just checked out so i completely misses actually no i went to see it during this during this first game oh, so but what'd you think what'd you think you know what because this is the grind side it's our podcast uh, i'll just say the only entertaining thing about this game was Adrian Peterson yelling at oh my god that when i saw that when i got home jesus christ things are this looks like another seven and nine season for the saints already yeah, uh, Saints defense is trash. Uh, Sam Bradford looked good. This reminded me of week one against Green Bay where the Vikings defense looked great. Sam Bradford looked like the answer that they needed, and Stephon Diggs looked like just phenomenal. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But Kakuda to it. What did you think about that fucking movie, man? Like, I got to be honest, I don't watch a lot of Stephen King adaptions. Like, I wasn't, I'm not that into Stephen King's novels. I'm not knocking him at all. I, I still think he's a really talented guy. I just didn't watch his movies a lot. But, man, this was a really good movie. Like, of course, like, I'm the biggest bitch when it comes to horror movies. So, of course, I was, like, shitting my pants during the jump scares. But other than that, like, story-wise, like, I was really invested in. And um, if you don't want spoilers, like, skip ahead. But, Jesus Christ, these kids were roasting the hell out of each other. I always, I always keep forgetting, like... Uh, Richie? Richie? Richie was an asshole, dog. <laughs> no, like, I really wanted Pennywise the Clown to, like, slice Richie's neck. Like, he was annoying the shit out of me. But... Like, Richie, Richie, Richie came through at the end, though. I'll say Richie came through at yeah, the end. Yeah, that's the only time I liked him. Another character I didn't like was, what's his face? Ben, the fat ass. I did not like him at all. Dude, I love Ben. Ben was, like, my favorite. No, like, I uh, I instantly got annoyed with Ben just, like, looking at him by the first time. I did not like him. I like Ben. Ben was great. Ben got friend-zoned. I feel bad for Ben, though. Ben was all chasing Beverly around, and then Beverly goes to Mr. Stutters. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Georgie's brother. Uh, oh, yeah, I hated Georgie as well. Georgie was an idiot. It's like, oh, yeah, let me just... Yeah, let me just... What's up? Georgie died in the beginning. How can you hate Georgie? You, like, you 
Because I hated him in the beginning. He's an idiot. Oh, yeah. Let me go fucking talk to the clown in the sewer. Yeah, that seems safe. After my mom told me to talk to strangers. I know, but uh, Eddie was another favorite. I just love whenever he freaked out during the movie. That was really funny. Okay, no, I was I was supporting him obviously because I was going off the cliche like, oh wow, the black guy's gonna die in this movie. I was surprised that he did not make it. I was surprised he didn't die. I thought he was gonna go when that one guy, what was his face, the bully, when he came out of the when he came out from behind with the and attacked him when the boys were climbing down the well. Yeah, I thought that he that was his time to go, but no, he survived the whole way. I'm like, you go, Mike. You go become a doctor. You don't need to hang out with these kids. You're not a loser. Oh no, I already know. It was automatically. Uh, do you remember that one? Um, it was when um they were do when they were watching the projector, and then Pennywise just took it over, and when they were flicking it. And Pennywise just popped out. That got the entire, the entire theater. I screamed out, "Motherfucker!" Amazing CGI by the by the editors. Uh, that was a mini. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Get Out. Actually, I'd have to watch both of them over again to see how I feel. Like, I really loved Get Out, but this was a this was a really good movie too. I mean, yeah, I would say. Like I would say Get Out because I could sleep after I watched Get Out. Like I could not sleep after I saw it. But yeah, but um, honestly, like I'd have to watch the movies again just to make my judgment. But people who haven't seen it, go go watch it right now. It's a really good flick. Go to your local movie theater. Yeah, it's worth it definitely. But um, moving on to our last game of the week. And it's a game that I really want to talk about, even though Chase doesn't want to. The LA Chargers, their first official game as a team from Los Angeles. They traveled to division rivals, the Denver Broncos. And man, oh man, the Chargers. You can take you can take the Chargers out of San Diego, but you can't take the San Diego out of the Chargers. Jesus Christ, what a choke job in the end. Uh, it featured my new favorite kicker in the league, Young Ho Koo. Oh my goodness, what a name. I did not know that this guy stole Josh Lambeau's job, but he is here to stay. I will tell you that. Young Hoku is my favorite kicker in the league, but um, he just got caught by the icing of the kicker. And let me tell you about this. Like, it's a, it's a strategy that I love and I hate. Like, I love that you can do this because, yeah, it's a good strategy if you're the opposing team. But I just hate it just in case, like... For the kicker's sake, like, you make it the first time that you get chinks for the next kick. And especially for this guy, because this was his first game. Like, the first time he made that kick, he made it, and it would have been such a feel-good moment. 
but then it's like, ah, oh, fuck, Vance Joseph made a good call, and it was like, man, Young Ho got really screwed by that, but other than that, looking at the stats for this game, Philip Rivers, uh, 22 out of 33 attempts, 192 yards, 3 touchdowns, 1 interception, Trevor Simon, or however the fuck you say his last name, 17 out of 28, Simeon, I don't even care, he shouldn't, he shouldn't even be starting, um, 17 out of 28, 219 yards, 2 touchdowns, and 1 interception, it was a good defensive game, the game got really good in the end when the Chargers made that big comeback in the 4th quarter, um, shout out to Melvin Gordon, he saved my fantasy season already, he won me 2 games in my fantasy leagues, and I could not believe it, um, but other than that, Chase, how can you explain the Chargers choke job, I mean, that was terrible time management, that's terrible clock management in the end by Anthony Lynn. Like, what was he doing? Because freaking Rivers, uh, Rivers, I, I hate this Peyton Manning Rivers shit that he likes to do, where he likes to wait until the play clock is down to two seconds and gives me a fucking heart attack. And it's a run by Melvin Gordon. It, that whole final drive was just terrible. They should have just went through the passing routes that were working, that were attacking the zones of the Broncos that they couldn't that they couldn't cover. Um, yeah, man. It, it was frustrating. This game was frustrating for me to watch. I, I kind of had my hopes that the Chargers would come back, and I wasn't giving up. But, man, dude, like, Anthony Lynn, dude, stop running the ball every first two plays of every drive, dude. We have a Hall of Fame quarterback, and I don't care what, all you, what any of you all say. Don't at me because it's true. We have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Phillip Rivers. You let Rivers throw the ball. Don't freaking have Melvin Gordon run two times every drive and then only gain three yards. And so it's like third and seven, and I have to hold my breath. you got to get Antonio Gates more involved. Uh, but other than that, they did a good job chip-blocking Vaughn Miller. Uh, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram looked like the best. Def- like these, these dudes are studs, man. Like, oh, my God. And then, like, oh God, they're just awesome. Uh, so good. Other than that, um, I did not see the whole game. I, I thankfully I watched the end, but it did not look like a good broadcast to like sit through. I mean, it was Rex Ryan's debut on the commentary table, and he was with uh, who I like to refer to as uh, uh, Doris Burke Light because I always forget her name, but she always reminds me of Dor- Doris Burke for some reason. Uh, Chase, you had one highlight during the game that you cannot that you got a constant kick out of. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we had a great sideline reporter <laughs> uh, during the game. You know, we get sideline reporters, and they like to tell us about how the coaches are fe- are feeling. And they went to this one sideline reporter named Sergio. Uh, and, and let me remind you, his first his first language is not English. It is his second his language. His language is not English. So you can tell ESPN sent not even a B team to this game, like a D team. <laughs> and so the Sergio guy gets cut, and he goes, we are having the time of our life. <laughs> like, he just basically quoted the Pitbull song. And you can tell he's having the time of his life. <laughs> like, it was a lot of butchered English and a lot of unneeded emotion during that interview. Oh, Jesus. But, um, that was it for our week one recap. Just, uh... Just to skim through the week two news, um, some news heading into next week. Will Odell Beckham be healthy by the Monday night game against the Detroit Lions, which will be in New York? Hopefully he will be not, since I need the Lions to go 2-0 and to prove a point against MJ. Uh, Brian Cushing got busted again. Ten games for PEDs. Um, this is a big knock to the Texans' D. Um, 
but he can stop juicing, so um, the Texans are going to miss him for 10 games. Do you think it's going to te- affect the Texans? Yeah, he is kind of very important in the 3-4 defense. So, yeah, I think it would hurt the Texans a little bit. Not too much. It's not, like, as big as if Watt goes down. Yep. Um, NFL seeks to... Uh, seeks a reversal of Elliott's ruling by Thursday, they will not give up with this. I mean, Roger Goodell really wants this guy gone for those six games. Um, you think this is going to happen, Chase? I think Zeke is free, and he will be free for the whole season. He will be free for the whole season. Free Zeke, indeed. Um, contract negotiations are going between the the LA Rams and Aaron Donald. He did return to practice, thankfully, this week. Uh, it was reported that Sean McVay went to visit him before he made the decision to return to practice. you think the, this deal is going to come down before the end of the season? Yes, 100%. They're going to re-sign Aaron Donald. You cannot not re-sign this guy. He's your best player on your team, and that's not, not just defense. He could probably be your best tight end, too. Aaron Donald's a stud. Um... Tom Savage's agent went on the woodworks and saying benching uh, uh, Savage will, makes no sense. But in reality, come on, it makes all the sense in the world. I'm sorry. I know you're trying to defend your client, but being Tom Savage's uh, agent must be the toughest job in the world. Um, and Chase's buddy, Josh Gordon, he should be out of rehab soon. This is good news. My boy, Josh Gordon. Uh, and we're we're not a hateful podcast. We want to see comeback stories. And Josh Gordon is one person I really, really hope he makes a comeback to the NFL. Because when he was in the league, he was honestly the best receiver in the league. This is like a John Jones type story right here. But the only difference is he actually has a chance of making it back. I mean, John's, Jones is done. Uh, it's 100%. He's done. Oh, yeah. He, he banned for four years. Uh, no, it, Jones is done. But Josh Gordon, he, he still has a chance. I, I believe him. So, Josh? I, I like Josh Gordon a lot. Like, he has some of the most fun plays to watch. Like, he was the first, I think he's the first receiver to have, like, back-to-back, like, 200-yard games or some, some, something crazy like that. He had, like, a span of 500 yards in two games. Like, this guy was on an absolute tear in 2013. Yeah, like, he, he was, like, what, second in the league in receiving, and he only played, like, four games or something like that it was like insane i was like what the hell like he he's really really good and it was and hopefully you know with he's taking this route seriously because one more suspension and he's banned like you know he's done in the league but hopefully he can get redemption and he'll definitely win like if he can get on a team and in one or two years just do well he's winning comeback player of the year and i'll i'll be so happy when he does dude i love josh gordon I will be happy to. So, uh, Josh Gordon, if you're listening to this, hopefully things work out for you. And just pinpointing some games to look out for next week. Um, we got the Texas and Bengals on Thursday night, which is basically tonight. Um, this will Deshaun Watson will be starting this game. This is the right move. Will Andy Dalton bounce back in this game? Uh, what are your thoughts of, of this game, Chase? Quick thoughts? Uh, my quick thoughts on this game is that I think that the Houston Texans, they'll let the emotions come back to them. They'll play like a good football team, and I think the Bengals will also play a little bit better, but I got the Texans winning this one. Uh, game I want to pinpoint for um, Sunday Sunday afternoon. Uh, a lot of people will think this will not be a big game, but I think this going to be a pretty big deal. Uh, the Tennessee Titans will visit Saxonville, uh, the Saxonville Jaguars. Um, I feel like this I feel this, um, this game will be ba- power, balance of the power for the AFC South. I feel like whoever comes out of this um, game, 
they're basically the team to look out for because these are the two teams that are making their case um winning the AFC South because the Texans uh, we don't know if um Deshaun Watson is going to lead them to to the promised land or and uh, the Colts they're just the Colts so um will Jacksonville continue their rise will uh Titans bounce back from their loss from the Raiders what do you think of this game Chase I think the Titans will bounce back and they'll prove why they're the best team in the AFC and that maybe Jacksonville's win was just a big fluke uh, we got the Patriots at the Saints at 1 p.m. as well. Uh, battle of top-tier quarterbacks and Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I believe this game, um, Tom Brady and the Patriots are going to make a comeback from Thursday night. They're going to be pissed. They're going to they're gonna do their do-your-job gimmick like they always do. Uh, the Saints, uh, I'm just not that high on them, especially after that gif I saw of A.J. Peterson yelling at um, Sean Payne already. Things are not looking too hot in... Um, in New Orleans, uh, how, what do you think of this game, Jace? Here's a shocker. How about we have the Saints win in my super upset special of the week? Oh, uh, here we go. I can definitely see it, man. This could be an upset special. Adrian Peterson and Champagne, they actually love each other. Him, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara get a touchdown each. Uh, Alvin Kamara obviously gets a, a receiving touchdown. Drew Brees makes some random wide receiver um, do really, really well as Brandon Cooks lays an egg against his former team oh yeah the brandon cooks game i forgot about that um also of afternoon game we want to look out for is the eagles visiting uh the chiefs at 1 p.m i believe this so this is a game this will low-key be a good game uh the Chiefs are coming off of a high victory against the new england patriots the philadelphia eagles are coming off of a good divisional win well not a good a very sloppy divisional win against the Washington Redskins. I feel like this will be good quarterback play between Carson Wentz and Alex Smith. Um, what do you think of this game, Chase? I definitely think the Chiefs are going to win this game against the Eagles. I think the Eagles need to tie some things up too, but it will be a close game and the Chiefs defense will lead them to victory. Uh, we also got the, in the afternoon, we got the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Denver Broncos. Um, it'll be Dak Prescott going against the the very, very strong Denver Broncos defense. What do you think of this one? This is one of the most interesting games of the week. It's one of the harder games to predict because the Cowboys looked absolutely phenomenal and they actually have a pass rush this year. So I got to go with the Dallas Cowboys, man. Like, I I just think they're a better team than Denver is right now, but I won't be surprised if Denver gets the win here. Yep, and the last game we're going to mention is the Packers versus the Falcons on Sunday night. It's the battle between former MVPs in Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan. The Falcons, they just came off of a sneaky win against the Chicago Bears, and the Packers, they just came off of a defense, just got out of a defensive battle against the Seattle Seahawks. I forgot to mention that the Packers defense looked tremendous against the Seahawks, something that's been a problem in Green Bay for many, many, many years. And this game is in, um, this is actually the first game, the debut of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the Atlanta Falcons. So do you think um, being in hometown territory, this will be an advantage for the Falcons? Who knows? But um, Chase, what do you think of this game? Uh, a rematch in the playoffs, you know, like we said, the Packers looked really good. But the last time we saw the Falcons take on the Packers, the Falcons, they made Aaron Rodgers call the fire department because they were on fire. Um, he's glad he had State Farm with him at that time. But I think that the Packers, they'll go on and they'll beat the, the Atlanta Falcons. I think right now they look they look like a more hungrier team. And I feel like the Falcons, you know, 
Same thing with, like, I talked about the Texans. are going to have such high emotions uh, being playing in their stadium for the f- very first time, their new stadium. Fans are going to be super excited. And also, too, those Atlanta fans are going to be salty because they have a Chick-fil-A in there, and they can't even eat it. Close on Sunday. Shout out Chick-fil-A. That is absolutely ridiculous. But, um... Oh, also, I forgot to mention one thing. Shout out to Roger Goodell for still proving he's the biggest heel in all of sports. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Miami Dolphins, their game got canceled, obviously, because of Hurricane Irma. But do you know what this jackass does? This guy decides, hmm, let me just um, let me just put the game on their bye week. And ironically, the Buccaneers and the Dolphins have the same bye week. So these two teams have to now play 16 straight weeks. And I can't think of more eviler shit than that. And to people that say, hmm, they can't do it, they have no choice, shut the hell up. Because let me tell you something. Last year, I think it was two years ago, the Buffalo Bills, they got snowed out of their own stadium. And do you know what happened? The Detroit Lions, they opened up their stadium to the Buffalo Bills, and they still sold a decent amount of tickets. They had their game moved. I think they were facing the Jets. They had the game moved to Ford Field. So it was possible that you can move this game to a close-by stadium and still have it week one. But no, Roger Goodell decides, hmm, let's have these teams um, play 16 straight weeks now because I don't want to fuck up my money like that. That is absolutely ridiculous, and I fucking hate Roger Goodell for that. That is some absolutely evil shit right there. Yeah, yeah, no, and especially, too, because, like, Remember when Minnesota, they had their snow come in, and, like, they destroyed their arena, and then they're like, oh, yeah, you guys can just play Monday night on uh, at, at the Minnesota arena. Like, you, you're telling me that they, they couldn't go to somewhere in Texas or New Orleans or somewhere and just play on a field like that? You're like, yeah, it may not be a good revenue thing, but still, it sucks for these guys. They have to go 15 straight weeks. Yeah, and I feel, yeah, and especially for the Dolphins, because they're going to London. They go to London. They got that London BS. Like, oh my god. Uh, Roger Goodell's so concerned about the paper, it's ridiculous. Fuck that guy. I really hope he gets impeached. But, um, that comes to the end of our podcast. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, Chase, you got any beer to plug this week? No beer to plug this week. It's a school night, Kuda. Can't be drinking on a school night. Oh yeah, it is a school night. We're, we're back in school. We're back in school. Yeah, we're back in college. We're not, we're not little high schoolers here. We're college adults. Although we may act like high schoolers. Depends on what you think. But no, make sure you guys are patrons of the Sports Fan Entertainment. You guys like our podcast. You guys will definitely like the MJ Take podcast, which you can get by being a fanatic on the Sports Fan Entertainment Patreon. Please support his vision and our vision, too, to make us the number one sports network in the world. Absolutely. ESPN. Yep, we're, ESPN, we're after you. I'm just joking. But... Again, please do not forget to visit us at sportsfanentertainment.com by sports fans for sports fans. Also, we are all over the place. Facebook, we're on there. Just look up Sports Fan Entertainment. Twitter, we're on there at sportsfan underscore ENT. We are on Instagram, Sports Fan Entertainment as well. We are on YouTube, 11,000 subscribers and strong. Almost new videos every day, so go check us out. Subscribe to that. And basically, that's the end of our podcast. We will... We will come back to you next week for a new episode recapping week two and previewing week three. Just a simple routine. So I'm Kuda Chirumba. That is Chase Oliver. And this is The Grind Side. We will see you guys next week.